Welcome everyone. This is the second episode of Unmasked, where Stevan Weishnach and I are here with all of you in our most open and vulnerable, courageous states. We're just here sharing as pieces of life, as human beings. So welcome, welcome. Where is your whistle? We usually start the podcast with that. We should do a podcast on Indian parents breaching personal boundaries and when you become an adult, expectations aren't conveyed clearly and that causes pain for the parents. That sounds like I said that. Yes, you said that. <laughs> I can't make such complex sentences. <laughs> I thought it was a very simple sentence. I would be like parents hitting on my door and getting in without a permission. That would be the sentence that I would make. <laughs> Bruh. That's funny, actually. That never happened. Like in my house, it's uh, maybe it hasn't been always like that. But now it's, um, you know, people only come in when the door is open. If it's closed, they knock. Actually, even for, for me, even if the door is open, people knock. But to come to uh, my room, they have to open the door and come upstairs so they can't even see oh. um, <laughs> it's on a different floor uh in the house but um no when i wrote that message when i was talking about uh it's a very interpersonal aspect so consider this right let's say i mean first of all we are kids but we haven't had kids so i'm going to go from our perspective as we grew up our parents would have seen us in a particular way right it's sort of like the parent sees themselves as the hero of the child uh, and then when that happens, or if the parent chooses to put themselves into a position as a hero, then they're immediately putting the child in the position of the victim, in the hero drama victim, in the, in the drama triangle, which is a hero victim and the villain. So where the, you know, the big bad world can become the villain. So what I'm saying here is as a child grows up and become more independent, or at least develop the capacity to be more independent, um, whether it's financially or otherwise, then all of a sudden the parent uh, has to adjust their boundaries. The child has to mm-hmm. adjust their boundaries. And oftentimes, at least this is what I've experienced, it can seem like, okay, the child, the parent may not understand what new boundaries to adjust to. And then and that can create certain conflict because the child thinks one way, the parent thinks another way. And it's interesting because it's easy to have this kind of a conversation about standards and having specific boundaries with anybody, but it's very difficult to do it um, at least from my experience with, with the people that are closest to you, because oftentimes it's like, well, we've always lived this way. Why do we have to change? And we're so rigid in our thinking. We're so rigid in the way that we approach things in general, that when it comes to the social aspect with people who are close to us, it's like, just keep it the way it is. Well, well, no, like shit. We're the only thing that's permanent is change. So I just want to open up the floor with this, um, and I think it's clear by this point what I'm referring to, to the audience as well as to both of you. Yeah. Maybe Vaishak, you can, you can pop yeah, in here yeah. with your, like, with your door. Here, like for my personal experience, like the door thing, like you see the moment I lock the door, like they would ask like, why are you locking the door? Unless you have something to hide. <laughs> so that's, that's like, like, it's my, like, how does that even, like, this is my personal space. And I don't know, I somehow fall into that victim. And I also start thinking, why am I locking my door if I don't have anything to hide? So then I start keeping it open, you know, <laughs> but that should not, but I feel that's not right. Right. They should respect. Like now they respect understand. The I think. Yeah. Respect the one. Now they understand they knock, but still it's not to that. They're still not doing it happy. 
something it's a very alien concept to them because i have grown <laughs> up with them together you know they're used to being in my room and over they want so suddenly like you said i've grown up suddenly when i say i need my freedom it strikes them a bit hard i mean it's like our parents still see us as that two year helpless yeah. two year old they're not seeing yeah. us as these 20 and 30 year olds they're yeah. seeing us as helpless two year olds <laughs> yeah it's like no dude i can close uh, let me close the door because or because i can there's too much noise and i'm working on something and 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 it, it's it it's a bother but to them it's like oh no but you are my son i mean right now it's not like that for me but it sounds like for you it might be like that yeah <laughs> it's so yeah, interesting like, actually yeah. what you what you what you just shared with um i i would love to know more about um what your what your take is on 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 boundaries on setting the boundaries you know how can a person set boundaries if they have lived with someone for since they were born how can they make that step yeah how, you know it takes courage of course it takes communication uh is there anything else that pops up for you that could maybe help someone who's in the audience and who's struggling to you know make that bridge i can share what i've tried um it doesn't mean it has worked and i think it has to do with the emotional maturity of all parties that are involved consider this as a negotiation um i took a course at harvard uh on negotiation and one most one of the most important things i i learned that they shared was every conversation is a negotiation another way of looking at it is every conversation is a sales conversation which isn't from this course but somewhere else um i i i learned that but what that means is when there's two individuals coming together or more than two individuals or parties are coming together <clears throat> we all have like certain things we want to do right so we have to be like yo this is what i want and they're like yo this is what i want okay how can we make both of it work and we can both do really well but when it comes to family it's sort of like oh this is just how it naturally evolved but now you're saying but now stevan is like hey now i want now i want to consciously craft uh a situation and create boundaries because as i've grown into an adult i understand what's important to me what i care about and how we can all fit in together so if you're trying to do that as a, as as the let's say the child you could be 40 years old and be the child obviously because your parent could be the older one right uh is obviously the older one so then your parent also needs to have a certain kind of emotional maturity to show up and be like hey okay i'm willing to have a conversation so you say hey you know hey um i tried this it hasn't really worked well for me but uh it's the it's the obvious step i think anyone can think of which is a um considering a very specific domain um i'd like to you know uh you know hang out with you every weekend or something um at this time or whatever i don't know uh as opposed to like you know you dropping by my house all the time unannounced <laughs> but then the parent has to be like has to be accepting of that too you know what i mean like you can like if they think that oh, if they think they own you that's a problem right mm -hmm. how are you going to have this conversation with them if they think they own you because then they're seeing you as their property they're seeing you as like this or they're seeing you as this helpless kid um they might not admit it even to themselves but their actions right. reveal that our actions in very specific situations reveal our paradigms the way we see the world the way we think and that's the most important thing here and so if they're not willing to meet you and you have to go so far to meet them then that might not be worth it for you but then the question is well what's worthwhile and what's important for you um and it's definitely something that i'm also uh working through with my situation it's not the way that i want it to be exactly but i also feel like if you create the opportunity maybe they'll you know take a few steps and be willing to meet you 
but I, I hope that's helpful. I don't know if it's, if it's, if how helpful that is. Um, I don't know where people are at in their journeys, but yeah. What do you, what do you guys think? What do you have to add? Negotiation. That word, that word hit me because it's <laughs> not just nego negotiating with other people, but it's actually happening even within ourselves. Um, and how we relate to ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing which I, which kind of stood out for me was that, you know, they see us as the little, still as the little children. And so if we communicate to them, just like we would communicate to us, Sarah, to ourselves, hey, hey, mom, hey, dad, you know, I know, I, I appreciate that, you know, you, you have done everything to help me to grow, to help me to, you know, you nourished me, you took care of me, and you did everything that you could. And you you know, now I, now I am where I am. And I just want to let you know that from here onwards, you know, I, I'm, I'm able and I'm willing to take things into my own hands. And I'm, you know, willing to take the responsibility for my own life now. And just that, just these words, I, I feel like maybe they cannot grasp it. Maybe they, they don't understand, but I feel like it can make a... It's a feeling. Uh, it's yeah. your feeling behind it, right? They can sense, like, they can tell, like, yo, you know, my kid is coming with, uh, with that uh, genuineness and that authenticity. But one other thing is, like, we also have to understand uh, what that involves for us and what that means for us. Like, what does it actually mean to take responsibility, right? Like, I wasn't fully get grasping that. Um, because in what you think in your mind might be like, okay, if I make a certain amount of money, then I'm not financially dependent on that. Okay, cool. Um, and we think, like, that's fine. But in their minds... It's also like, oh, he needs to have this. He needs to ha get married. He needs this, 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 this. Or she needs this, 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 this. But in your mind, you're like, yo, but if I earn a certain amount, that's going to take care of my expenses and give me enough money to live comfortably. Then I can look into other things. That's like sort of how we might look at it. But in mm -hmm. their minds, there's like all these other um, things that they look at because they've gone through, I mean, they're probably at least like 15 to at least 15 years older than us, right? Our parents. Yeah. I say 15 just in case. I don't know, <laughs> but you, you, you see the point here, right? Like that's, that's, that's where negotiation comes in, which is like understanding what, what is, how, what the other party values. And what's, what's really interesting is like, oftentimes you can walk away from the negotiation table. If you were like, you know, it's just not going to work. But when it comes to this, this is a table you cannot walk away from, mm. or you may decide consciously that you don't want to walk away from it because you actually value this relationship. And so you're going to have to look at how you relate to yourself. And what I've noticed is this is an, a great opportunity. The reorientation here is to understand what my triggers are, to understand what it is that is limiting me, to understand how I relate to myself that is preventing me. Where am I in victimness? Where am I in victimhood as opposed to being the creator, right, of my own life? Like there's little nuances, little things that begin to reveal themselves. And I get to do the inner work of observing that, of moving past that. And this this particular negotiation table is one of the best places to identify some some of the things that we I, I get to work on and i think it's the same for a lot of us because it's a very powerful space to be in it doesn't mean that externally it'll work out the way that we'd like it to but internally for the internal work it is massively transformational if we choose to make use of it properly if we choose to make it as a stepping stone stepping stone for growth rather than uh you know, something that burns us and hurts us. Hmm. Yes, yes.
Balan, would you would you say it all starts with setting boundaries, or would you say that there are steps to be taken before that? Because I feel like many people when they when they hear the word boundaries, they might feel like yes, but I want to be inclusive. I want to, you know, I don't want to <laughs> set boundaries. Yeah, I'm about uh, all about inclusiveness. Embrace. How can yes. I be? <laughs> okay, look at it this way, right? I have a very simple question for you. <clears throat> you. You know, all three of us live in different countries. I'm in Canada, Stevan's in Germany, Vaishak's in India. And we all need to get visas to go to each other's countries. Yes? I mean, there's national borders. So not even just to go to each other's countries, but to Germany's different. You can just like walk to the next country. Um, <laughs> the European Union is a little different like that. But there are certain boundaries, yes, between these nation states. And what they do is they allow a certain kind of clarity in terms of what's going on. It's a very external thing, but does that mean that internally we have boundaries that say, um, oh, this guy's white, this guy's black, she's brown, I'm gonna, I'm better, they're better. Like, do we think that? No, just because there's boundaries in the external world so that to facilitate certain exchanges which are necessary for survival and, to, and for the well-being of people doesn't mean you need to have the same boundaries in your heart. Mm. yes hear what i'm saying bro hear what i'm Mm. saying right now everybody who's listening this is this is the key here and this is something that i've taken up a commitment to which is obliterating the boundaries in my heart the world i've I've heard this before the world is not in us in a place where you know we can just have one country or whatever and that's okay the most important thing is that as individuals we obliterate the boundaries in our hearts because that's what matters because then we will not use the boundaries that have been created as a way to measure something being higher or lower. Or use the boundaries for a certain kind of exchange that is simply necessary externally to facilitate certain things. So don't take things out of context, whoever's listening. So I totally get what you're talking about, Stevan, but, um, but I just I hope this di- difference and distinction is clear to the audience here. It's clear for me. I, I hope too. I hope too that yeah, that's a, a very I good example that you have given with the countries too. When we respect someone's boundaries, like I think they want to include more of us in their life, right? When yes, that's so beautiful. Private. When we try to include in someone else's life, they become more close. But when we respect their views, their opinions, whatever private boundaries they have, I think that's when they open up because that's what has happened with me. Whenever my parents would try to intrude, I would close up. But when they started respecting my boundaries and everything, I became more open to them. This is something that I personally experienced within myself. Earlier, I wouldn't have noticed this, but I've noticed this within myself. I'm more open to them when they actually respect what I, my boundaries and I'm actually willing to do what they want. As I'm actually a rebel, whenever they try to intrude, I become more like, I won't do this, I won't do that. But when they actually allow me to do what I want, I'm willing to do what they want. And I'm like, what the fuck? How is this happening? <laughs> mm-hmm. But the, the, the key element here that I'm hearing is respect. So boundaries are not a place of excluding others, but they're a place of respectfully including others into your life in a way that works for both of you. I don't know if that's a mic drop, but I felt like it is. <laughs> I'll draw mobile drop. <laughs> but, I, but I, I love but I, but I caught it in mid. Uh, 
<laughs> I would love how I love how you brought up respect with boundaries because that is so awesome, bro. Like that, um, I was I I didn't even think about it, and I think that's so beautiful uh, because that's what the beauty is, right? That there's a respect that allows us to create boundaries and live with them, and they're not permanent, by the way. And this is this is what's important. You can only work with boundaries because there's respect. Otherwise, why do you need to? Why is there a uh, um, an issue when you want to adjust the boundaries, which is what we're, which is what we started talking about. We're, we initially, when we began this discussion, we're like, well, there's issues when people breach boundaries. Well, why? Because a, the issues with respect, and b, there's an, an emotional immaturity that is disallowing um, the conversation for what what are the boundaries at, and how do they need to be adjusted if they need to be adjusted. Yeah, I feel like another really important thing is also how we communicate these boundaries. If we go about it like I, you know, telling our parents or whoever, somebody, let's say uh, your partner, um, you tell them, "I need this. I, you know, I, I cannot, I cannot handle the way that you are, you know, behaving towards me," and we are getting angry, we're getting um, frustrated with them, then that gets being mirrored back to us and they're like you know i'm your parent or i'm you know so it's like it's also it's really important actually that yeah one thing i i i, I also just recently understood is the way that we communicate things is uh, really really important yes that's really interesting it reminds me of a story something less of a story more of a situation um, <clears throat> so this morning, my dad was doing some work and then I, uh, he's like, oh, can you get the vacuum? And I'm like, okay, but I, I do have, I, I, I got to go though. So I went, I grabbed the vacuum and I quickly vacuumed and I said, I, I do need to go. And he's like, oh, you're busy. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm not busy. I just have, I have something scheduled. So I need to go. Um, it's a little tight, but then, and then immediately I was like, I don't use the word busy because mm. it signals, it sends a signal to people. Like, oh, this person is busy. Let me not bother them. Uh, and, and so what's the opposite of busy? Free. So mm -hmm. how do you determine what's busy and how do you determine what's free? That's like saying, I'm either busy or I'm free. But why can't I always be available and open to receiving and at the same time be totally involved in what it is that I need to be doing? So in that moment, I was like, well, I'm not busy. I'm just um, <clears throat> there's something that I know, like I need to go to my practice. I need to go and get, get on this call with, with the two of you. Right. So I was, and, and I was like, you know, I, I, that means I get to do that and I'm not going to take a detour for like 15 minutes because that's going to delay this, but I don't even think that I'm busy. So the difference here is when you tell someone you're busy, like, what does that do a for you within yourself? Like, how are you seeing it yourself? And B what are you giving them permission to do when they're looking at you? They're looking at you and saying, oh, this person's really busy. You're, it's almost like you're putting yourself into, a, into like this victimhood. Again, it depends on how, you're, on how exactly you're feeling, but this is what's happening. You're like, oh, I'm free. Okay, I'm good to go. Oh, I'm so busy. Oh, oh my gosh, uh, I have no time. You see what I'm saying here? You're immediately putting yourself into like this victimhood. Like, yo, it's not about that. It's like, no. It, own up to it like no um yeah i'm gonna I'll, I'll quickly vacuum this but uh i'm gonna leave the vacuum i'm gonna i guess i gotta go i um this is something else i do 
I didn't put that person into a victimhood by saying, oh, they'll feel bad if I, if I, you know, uh, if I don't stay and help, like, right. fuck that. Like, that's stupid. Right, true. We got to yeah. be honest, I think, with our communication. Like, just be honest, like, say what the way it is, right? But, and and try to be good to or be... bad. Yeah. Is, it, is that it? Huh? Is that it? I'm but, asking you. But what's the most important thing? Who do you need to be honest with the most? Who do you need to be nice. honest with first? myself right yeah exactly but sometimes we're not because we don't even notice it and i don't notice it with myself sometimes i literally i did a live uh last night because i was sharing about something that happened on on sunday um yeah zoom just gave us free uh, (laughs) a little bit extra time to record which is dope um but no, I did this live yesterday and I said like, yo, this guy is Zion. He's a, an incredible coach and seven figure entrepreneur makes, you know, makes millions of dollars. And he coaches like thousands of people as well. And he was like, he called me out on Sundays, which is the day before yesterday. And so yesterday's live, I just kind of shared the story. So what happened on Sunday was there was a five day challenge. Sunday was the fifth day. And we went on the call about a hundred of us. And he's like, so who didn't do yesterday's work? And I was like, oh man, I didn't do it. So I, I'm like, I didn't do it. <laughs> and then he's like, okay, whoever didn't do it, hop off the call right now or do it in the next five minutes. At least do a part of it, right? Like we had to do like 10 reach outs and he's like, at least do like one, right? So I was like, oh, but I didn't even made a list. Like what am I gonna do? And then I was like, this is so stupid. And then I just like, I thought of one individual and I, and I, and I sent a message and I was like, and his thing was, and he, this is what he shared. He's like, why are you even here? Like, if you're not going to do the work, then what's the point? And I'm like, and, and the story I was telling myself is like, yo, but like, I'm part of the accelerator. I'm doing all that other work too. And this is like a five-day challenge is outside of it. You know, this is like an extra thing, but it's like how I do one thing is how I do everything. So I need to show up fully. So if, if I'm not showing up fully in, in my relationship with myself, if I'm not being fully honest with myself, then what the fuck is the point? Because how I relate to myself is, comes first and then how I relate to others comes second. So what's important here to understand is sometimes we don't know and we don't notice. And that's why it's so, so important to have people around us to be like, and actually in the live yesterday, I mentioned this. Uh, I literally shouted out, I don't know, like 10 people that I thought of off the top of my head who over the last few months have come at least at one point or multiple points and held up the mirror in front of me and said, look, this is where you're hiding. This is where you're playing it safe. This is where you're uh, not being honest with yourself. This is where you're um, losing out on great opportunity. This is where you're playing victim card. This is where you're not in possibility, but in, uh, in, 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 you know, in, in like uh, seeing problems, not opportunity or possibility. So it's about these few little places that we just don't see it ourselves. And these blind spots get pointed out. And that is invaluable. Like it is absolutely invaluable to, to have that. But only if you see it and use it as a stepping stone for growth. But if you see it and you put yourself into a victim as a victim, you see yourself as a victim, you're fucking yourself over. I'm going to say something off topic. Steven, how much did you run? You look very tired. <laughs> <laughs> he's like he's like controlling his yawn no, bro i need to sleep Tell the oh, truth, no. bro. <laughs> i have i feel no actually i i'm i'm just like i'm really i'm really paying te- i was not yawning i was really paying attention 
bored. He's, like, he's like, Stevan's like, bro, when is it my turn to speak? You, or that voice conversation is not funny. This guy is just like I, 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 speaking. I can't relate it because, you know, when you get to your honor, you have to all the focus, extra focus space. And that's what I saw. <laughs> because I know. No, actually, <laughs> I when I have to yawn, I yawn. Because seven, yeah. uh, 70% of the tension mm-hmm. is in your face. <laughs> because oh. looking at your face, I was feeling like yawning. I'm like, this guy's internally yawning. Yawn, <laughs> yawn. It's, it's really yawn. healthy. It's really healthy. <laughs> Actually, yeah, it's like a, a Buddhist practice. Like they, they do it in Qigong. They do yawning, just yawning, because it, it's, you know, it releases a lot of tension. <laughs> Sorry, Apple Snack to steal your thunder, but... <laughs> what thunder? <laughs> You're talking I want, something to, I want to jump. I want to jump on what you... What actually, Vaisak, you, you said uh, honesty. Um, and then uh, you gave an example uh, with integrity and honesty. Um, and one thing which I found really important when it comes to conversation and talking with integrity and talking honestly is that we talk from our experiences more rather than talking from concepts it's so it's so incredible i was living so much in these concepts this is this is how it should be this is how what is right this is what is wrong even though you know the basis of it i know i should be beyond right and wrong but i was still living in that um this is the this is the best way to do it and then this is how i should do it and then i was i was talking to um someone who is you know uh, meditating on a regular basis and she was telling me that she only talks from her own experience and when i asked her certain questions and she couldn't answer from her own experience she never went into concepts and whenever i was talking about something and i was talking in concepts she was like I'm sorry, I cannot understand these concepts. They're not in my experience. Mm. And I was like, wow, uh, it, it kind of changed the way that I communicated. So, you know, I stopped trying to make somebody um, understand something, but I, I understood that it's much better if I give them uh, a life example, like you just give to us an example from, from my own experience. And also communicating from my own experience rather than uh, you know telling telling someone that i need boundaries because uh xyz said that boundaries are really important and like you know like you know giving some quotes or whatever like living after some uh some picture some idea which is there but it's not actually in my own experience so i just felt like that's uh, an important step do you have any examples to share Maybe it's something as simple as the thing, like, I don't know, people are listening, the thing we do the most, the inner engineering experience. <laughs> like, is it, are we just saying some concepts that we are doing in the program or is it actually coming from our experience? Did we actually, you know, hmm. get some of that maybe? Is that a good example? Yes, even with coaching, you know, if you get coached yeah. and then the coach shares like concepts with you and then you give feedback and you just say the cons like say what he said in a in your own words like like I, i'm gonna jump in like once i was doing podcast with abhishekana and abhishekana actually you told me in the first podcast they were telling like you need to envision what you want in life the goals in life and you actually asked ask them back a question like how do i know that these are the goals i actually want and they were like stunned something like that happened right yeah well, this that? guy who's generated over a billion dollars in revenue <clears throat> um yeah. he's an entrepreneur and i asked right um I think I can just call it. It was a lipo program. 
and it was John Butcher, but not just him, many other people, right? Like similar situation, but with him, when it happened, I just realized like, yo, um, I don't know. And I basically asked him like, yo, like, how do I know that what I want is what I really want? Like, how do I really know what I want? Right. Like, how do I know? It's not just like some shit. I was walking down the street and I saw a Lambo. I'm like, I want a Lambo. Cool. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, it's it's just so random. It's like, all of a sudden you're going to work so hard for it. But then when you get it, you feel like crap, at least for me, it was like that. Because when I did start achieving um, and, and, and getting like these opportunities for work um, and startups and stuff, I was like, yo, but I don't really feel great. Like it's, you know, <laughs> what's going on here? And it was just something I might've picked up along the way. It wasn't coming from within me. It was just coming from like, oh, I think this is cool. Okay, whatever. It's, it's the external influence. And I think what we're talking about here can be separated with what's objective and subjective. What's objective is what's true for all of us. Like Mm -hmm. what's true for all three of us is that we're using zoom right now to record this. Like that's true. True. It's, it's irrefutable for the audience. You don't know this, but we are using zoom, (laughs) but what's subjectively true is different for each of us. And then if we all go through this, let's say what's all three of us are having a different experience internally of this of this podcast and whoever's watching is again having a different experience so when we try to take that and put it into words first we're going to have a very difficult time (laughs) like i don't know how the hell i would do it but second even if we do do it it's going to come out very differently for each of us because we're experiencing things differently so it's the subjective and the objective dimensions so you talk about the inner engineering experience, right? Like that's a difference here. That's a distinction of the internal and the external. The inner engineering is about the internal. Um, but the external are like, and the objective things are the um, the benefits that are tangible. For example, um, not waking up in the middle of the night anymore. That's pretty objective, right? Back pain. Huh? Back, back pain. Back pain goes away. That's pretty objective, right? Um, Mind isn't wandering. My left, my left and the right energy channels merged into the shushumna. <laughs> yeah, like that you just know? sounds like bullshit, bro. That's what I'm like. That's what I was talking about. The concepts, you know, <laughs> talking about yeah. concepts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like it's like saying I sat for meditation and like and then saying a bunch of like woo woo crap and you're like, yo, you don't actually know. You're just like you're just yeah. trying to imagine something you read and and trying to imagine that's true. Which just happens yeah. all which just happens all the time to people who read a lot of crap and they they want to experience but, what they read. But the truth is, I want to experience something like that, bro. Maybe you did, and you just don't know it. But here's the thing, bro. You might have, and you so, don't know it. I'm doing so much. Why is this not happening? Everyone are getting their read and think and sync according to the online reviews. But the fuck, not getting it. According to the online it's, reviews, that's amazing. I'm doing so much videos. So much content. <laughs> Give me one. <laughs> no, no. I mean, don't don't hunt, don't hunt. <laughs> yeah, don't hunt, don't hunt. Really, I think he knows. Yeah, Just kidding. <laughs> I hope the audience knows. That <laughs> was just kidding. Actually. He really wants it. <laughs> we'll make it. We'll make it happen. We'll we'll do some. We'll come into your room when you. No, do no, some this is the truth. No, I'm just, I'm not like, feeling. I've I've never felt. I've never felt the need for that. 
because i have never had some like for me just being happy itself is a big experience because that was something i really lacked because of my mental health issue for me what i got in that instance of you know just understanding a more about life and being able to become happy using this tool itself is a big thing for me so i i i maybe people are genuinely having those experience i do not know that's what have i have you been but, have you been committed the way that you are now with your content have you ever been committed to anything like the way that you are now never i have always dropped something or the other like i would start i would drop but in this there is some commitment to another level of commitment where i see like how the hell like people say i'm very like i even i can't figure out how i am able to be so committed to this like even mm. when i'm feeling very down i somehow manage to do it mm. so that's something i've never been able to do in my life like whatever it is if it get going get stuff i would drop it i would like fuck i need to recover and i still do but it's not that i leave it totally like i'm somehow able to keep it up because i think it's it's something that i've really means a lot to me i think i finally found something that really means a lot to me something that you know i understand i don't know how do i put it in words it's something that i feel makes it's not only for me but also touches some other people's lives and i understand that more and i think the grounding is i think because i get the feedback of it also in the form of emails from kids and all so even when on a day when i'm feeling like fuck what the hell am i doing what is this in of engineering what am i posting about yoga like who cares for it like people must be bored with so much content that might be the day i actually get an email from a kid saying hey i watch your content i've been watching a daily reels you know it's it's it has allowed me to understand that you know sadguru is not someone who just conducts mahashivratri but he has yoga programs i thought he was just a guru like that but this is something i didn't know and seeing your content i you know go to know about in engineering or or maybe it's shakri or whatever which are practices which are given in isha mm-hmm. and that's how my you know i was able to use these tools because that's for really me per- yeah that that's super powerful because as a person i do not have much tools to offer like abhishek and i he has this way of talking he has a way of coaching people i am fucked up i can't coach someone i i can't do that <laughs> because i'm scared like what would i coach i don't know <laughs> but for me <laughs> even nft if you look at it let me be very honest i'm a little bit scared about nfts because i see because i notice that you know when i say something people might actually take it up and i realize like i do not have so much knowledge about nfts that i can do it my only nft knowledge is that i know if you invest in gary v's nfts and digital this nft it's safe but <laughs> you can trust big. your your feeling right because for myself you it's money involved that's it feeling that's is one it. thing but that's money that's it you just he, no, you know, no he he's talking about he that's different right stevan vaishak's talking about like saying uh talking about like yo invest in this nft not even invest mm-hmm. just like buy this but vaishak's saying like he trusts that whatever gary gary v puts out is going to be a value because he's because of the way that he's connecting it right but he's not going to be like or oh, i like this nft also like he can't do that in general right so yeah. i think you're both talking about two different things where stevan mm-hmm. is saying like you can just show people about how nft works and stuff like that is that am i yes understand? that's what i mean yeah. yeah that that is there but what i notice is people actually thinking like am i saying like which nft should i buy but i am not an nft like i can't tell you like which nft to buy that's your money you're not an nft <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, we, know we, we hope we're not talking to an nft of vaisak what do we want the real one is this a pre-recorded or is this like some ai you this you transplanted all your data into like this yeah. robotic ai blockchain. you're more advanced than that robot what's the her blog- name that 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 robot the blockchain forgot her name. <laughs> this is an instagram board recently i was scrolling through instagram i found a girl 
she's posting all this feed but she's she actually doesn't really exist have you seen that there's an instagram profile which is of a bot which does not exist but she clicks selfies with the real people and like what the fuck and i had to google it up something so it's an imaginary character that lives and she has she's a verified instagram profile it's a physical physical robot because you said it takes no it's not a physical robot or it's something someone is managing the profile and you know they're using some graphics and all to click pictures i don't know something like that okay mm. she does not exist in the real world so what i want people to understand is people value the digital world more than the actual world the next generation yo have you seen futurama you guys have you seen futurama bits and pieces do you know what that is? you don't know what it is or do you serious huh yeah no vice actor doesn't know okay so futurama is this cartoon um i don't know if it's by the same people who made uh, simpsons but anyways it's like this guy gets frozen <clears throat> in like 1999 uh and then he 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 gets unfrozen and he gets frozen accidentally because he's delivering pizza and he falls into like a freezing mm-hmm. pot and then he gets unfrozen after in like like a thousand years later or some shit i don't know whatever a long period of time right and so when he gets unfrozen in this world they've like explored the entire universe or something um and then so all of a sudden they're like talking about the internet and then it's like oh let's go look at the internet and but this in that world like a thousand years 500 years ahead you actually put on like this thing and you like it's like you're actually in the internet like you 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 put it on and then you close your eyes and it's like you have a virtual body and you're in oh. like this environment virtual environment immersed in the internet so it's like you're sleeping but then you're actually there there's a term for this i forget what it's called but it's like that's the internet um and it's like if it does become at like that point if it gets to that point you're like then you would value that virtual more than the physical because in the virtual it's easy right because the push of a button you can get anything and whatever sensations are there are probably mimicked to what could be done in your body because it's just the neural the uh the neural connections i'm not a neurologist i don't know but you get the point mm. right like it's the it's the brain connection right so all of a sudden you can still feel like you're going through the same thing as you would in your body it's like yeah. you, let's say let's say today you sit down and you visualize something that you really want you can really feel that with all your five senses simply by sitting and closing if you do it with the right focus and the right attention so you know putting yourself in a virtual environment with a helmet that just literally puts makes you know makes all those sensations happen it's the same thing um i mean that's just somebody's fiction <laughs> to trauma but i just wanted to share that um it thought of made me think of that um and that could be where we're headed and so we need to see how can we ground human beings more into their inner space rather than uh seeking external substance for some pleasure because it's not going to you know it's just not really going to help it's not going to yeah. get you to the true outcome that you want yeah i think it's just going to increase the idea of you know when right now when we are in the physical world the amount of things we can own like what i see with the nft world what something i feel is even i see in my age whenever an nft launches i want to own it like i want to own it this idea of owning so this idea of accumulating things has become a very convenient form you know the idea of flexing something you know i own this stuff mm because in the physical world if you actually want to own it's a bit of a hassle which might stop you from fuck it i don't want this it's too big it's this thing but when it comes to digital world i think that competition within each because i feel this within me like but i ask myself why why would i want to own it gary b i'm emotionally that's why 
but when someone else launches his nft why would i want to own it why would i want to own something that i don't need even Isn't if like it is is it like a game for you game no it's not like a game like like the idea is you know like i also like to own stuff i will be very honest like something gary let's say sadguru's picture or whatever it is i like to have a picture of sadguru if it's an nft i would like that also similarly i have an emotional attachment towards gary v that's why i own it but let's say some cricketer i don't like cricket i don't watch cricket i am not a cricket fanatic but let's say a cricketer let's say sachin tendulkar comes out with this nft i have seen that i have this immediate urge to own that nft but why there's nothing emotional or anything about for me to sachin because i'm not into cricket or anything well, what but human need the... does that serve mm-hmm. what human need does that serve for you that's what i am thinking i think the idea of you know flexing that i own an nft or you know the first that i own so much stuff that social acceptance maybe so you consciously i'm telling myself no that's what i'm saying i'm working within myself but i don't need it like does if it actually matters to me only i'm going to invest in it i mean the key word here is invest mm-hmm. purpose of an investment is to get a return oh right true yeah there's a return i would be honest with it i like the idea of you know yes i own a gary v nft yeah no, no, some no, way... not for that but i'm talking okay. about the other ones if you're saying okay. you're just investing in nfts in general then you're just seeing it as something that's going to give you an roi so that's a different game here as opposed okay. to um why do i want it well you think that you want it because you're in the you're in that space and you think uh like how can i make money from it right like you see what i'm saying here like you're not talking about i want to buy this you're saying i want an investment okay. i'm just sharing this is what this is i'm just pointing to this is what i'm hearing right right okay okay cool cool fuck i'm confused what i was saying <laughs> this is honestly <laughs> i don't know what there's, I was a, there's a difference between accumulating <laughs> yeah and investing investing, investing, investing right yeah because yeah, it sounds like it, it, in yeah. what it sounds and what i'm hearing is like yo i just i'm i'm finding myself always wanting nfts and you're like and, yeah and, i want to invest think that's in the them. truth and, and then you're saying you want to invest in them so i'm like yo so which that, is thanks it? for that so thanks for that i think both of it are coming together i think mm. my need for accumulation is there and i'm trying to tell myself that this is just an investment when it is not mm. so how does that serve you is that serving you in some way it's, it will it will screw me up and that's what i feel i'm telling it out there mm. when someone is getting into the nft world please be careful don't buy simply don't fool yourself like i am doing like this is an investment i need to get it maybe it's not maybe mm-hmm. it's just your idea of accumulating something you want more and more and i think i'm fooling myself by saying that it's a good investment mhm mm, yeah okay boys i i i got to get going though yeah i okay i have to do work on a bunch i have i get to not have to i don't say have to i get i get to do a bunch of things um but mom will probably be pissed because she'll be like you're not doing you're not helping i'll be like yes because <laughs> our conversation we started like an hour later but that's okay that kind of pushes a few things for me um but this is amazing we were obviously going to cut this part out right like yes of course okay <laughs> well, i don't want to include me to talk about my mom <laughs> <laughs> no you cut it you off. can do a, a, you want to do outro you can you want to do you say or just cut it no i was yeah that's that was my question actually do what do you what do you guys think let's put it out man We'll no, outro and all we can actually add later when we create an outro it's very easy to add an outro to a podcast tak 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 we can put an intro and outro to thank you guys episode. for joining today 
Yeah. <laughs> Thank you all. <laughs> Peace. Till next. Till next week. We'll see you there. Unmasked. Podcast for men. With Waishak, Stone, and Abhishek. <laughs>